Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. In just a moment, I'm going to begin the program with the song, Sometimes Alleluia, ministered here by the My Girls. There's a wonderful story behind these girls. Terry Mai was our worship leader for almost 30 years. To Doyle Davidson, the president of this ministry, Terry was his son-in-law, friend, and fellow apostle. Terry married Doyle's daughter, and they had three daughters of their own. In 2009, Terry was diagnosed with malignant melanoma and spent some time in the hospital. While there, one evening, his daughters, Candace, Ashley, and Rachel, joined together in worshiping with our church's live broadcast. It was the first time that the three had sung together. Terry said it was beautiful and it was anointed. Not many days after Terry went to be with the Lord, He left his wife and three daughters. As they were working on his obituary, putting down on paper some of Terry's accomplishments as a singer, one of the girls came across the song, Sometimes Alleluia. Kathy Mai, Terry's wife, stopped. Girls, that is a beautiful song, and we have to sing it at Terry's funeral. That night, the night before the service, they practiced it until 1.30 in the morning. What gives a family that kind of strength to stand before a crowd having never sung together as a group, let alone at such a time as your husband and father's funeral? The girls will tell you their strength comes from their faith in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they will tell you that they have learned to walk in the Spirit and to put their trust in Jesus. The next day, Terry's funeral, the My Girl sang for the first time together, and they have been singing together ever since. You will hear Candace on the piano. She's Terry and Kathy's oldest, and Rachel, the youngest, is on the guitar. Let the anointing that they minister minister to you.
let's begin with prayer. Father, I ask for grace on me and I ask for grace on this message that you open our eyes that we can see, that you open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to spend some time for the next couple of weeks preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. What happened in his death, burial, and resurrection? And if you want to know why, here is why. In Romans 1.16, it states, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Not ashamed, not timid to trust in it, not afraid to use it. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Notice, for it is the power of God. It is the power of God. Do you want the power of God in your life? Do you want God to perform miracles for you? healings for you, deliverance for you. Do you want that? That is the power of God. That's the ability of God. And where does it come from? It states it right here. It comes from the gospel of Christ. Now, what is that gospel? If you turn to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. So here Paul is speaking about the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you received and wherein you stand by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Now here is the definition of the gospel. Verse 3, For I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received. How? That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. There is your definition of the gospel, that Jesus died according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So we are going to look at what happened to Jesus in the death, burial, and resurrection, and where that power comes in. So to do that, I'm going to ask like I've asked before, that you put away every movie and every television show that you have seen. Every magazine you've read, every book, every painting, every picture rendition, every art exhibit that you have seen, I'm going to ask you to put it aside and that we only look at the Word of God. And why do I say that? Isaiah 48 states, But the Word of our God shall stand forever. And John 10.35 states, The Scripture cannot be broken. What is truth? The word of God is truth. So we are only going to look at the word of God. And what happens if we look at anything else? If you go to Mark 7, 13, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he says, making the word of God of none effect, none effect through your tradition. So we are going to put tradition aside and we are only going to look at the word of God. To help illustrate what I'm going to share today, I'm going to share a miracle that happened to me when I was back in college. I dated a gentleman just a couple of times that I met in class, and I realized after that a couple of times that he was a little too intense for me and that I needed to break it off. I was doing some artwork for an outreach program in a small building next to the church that I was attending, and the gentleman offered to go with me to pick up the materials there. 
I thought it would be a good time to tell him that we were no longer going to date. That was probably not the smartest thing I've ever done. We walked into the main room of that building and it had a stage on it about eight inches higher than the rest of the floor. And that stage took up about a quarter of the room. As we entered the room and I was walking toward the materials on the stage, I told him as kindly as I could that we could no longer date. He began to argue with me from the other side of the room. And as I picked up the materials and turned around to go, I saw that he was coming toward me and he was one angry man. But before I even had time to react, he was gone, disappeared. And then I heard him groan. It took me a moment to realize that he had fallen down into a trap door that was on the stage. Now he was coming at me in the wrong spirit, I believe intending to hurt me. And I also believe that at that moment, an angel thrust him down into that trap door so he could not get at me. So I went over to help him out. It took a bit to get him out of the cellar, and when he reached the stage, I saw why. Now listen to this. Where his arm should have been connected to the shoulder, the bone was now down at his waist, and he was in a lot of pain. At this point, I was no longer concerned that he was going to hurt me, but I just wanted to get him to the hospital. To tell the truth, as I was trying to get him to the emergency room, most of the way he was still trying to argue with me about breaking up. At one point, I believe I said to him something like, your shoulder is at your waist and you are in major pain and you still want to argue with me about breaking up and you don't think this is a problem? I thank God that an angel intervened on my behalf. Now, with that illustration of the shoulder bone being at his waist, I want to go to Psalm 22. This is a Psalm talking about Jesus. And if you don't believe that, let's take a look at the first verse. Psalm 22, verse one, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You will find these very words in Matthew 27, 46 and Mark 15, 34. This is Jesus speaking these words on the cross. So this psalm is about Jesus on the cross. And I'm going to go to verse 14. David, by the Holy Spirit, speaking the words of Jesus. I am poured out like water. And look at this next part. And all my bones are out of joint. All my bones are out of joint. That gentleman that I helped out of the basement had one bone out of joint. This right here, the word of God states that all his bones were out of joint. All of them. It goes on to say, my heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. If you go down a little further to verse 16, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. We know that happened to Jesus on the cross, that his hands and feet were pierced. So these words are speaking about Jesus. And let's take a look at that next verse. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. This is Jesus. And this Psalm, this word of God is telling us that all his bones were out of joint. All his bones were dislocated. We cannot even imagine the pain that Jesus was in, that every bone dislocated. Let's take a look at another verse. I'm going to go to Isaiah 52, verse 13. 
Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted, extolled, and be very high. This is Jesus. Verse 14. As many were astonished at thee, his visage, his appearance, was so marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Let's look at those words again. His visage, his appearance, was so marred more than any man. Why was Jesus marred more than any man? Because every bone was out of joint. Every bone out of joint. And his form more than the sons of men. So now we see Jesus on the cross, every bone out of joint. I'm going to continue into Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, look at this next verse. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. Now look, he has no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Let's look at those words. He hath no form. You and I have a form. We look like a human. But it states here in the word of God that he hath no form. Now, are you going to believe that Bible that you towed around with all the time saying you believe every word of it? Well, if you believe the word of God, then you have to believe he hath no form. You have to believe he was marred more than any man. And you have to believe that every bone was out of joint. Every bone was dislocated. Now consider those words. That means that where the shoulder should have been, it wasn't. That means where the elbow should have been, it wasn't. That means where the knee should have been, it wasn't. That means where the hip should have been, it wasn't. So those pictures you saw of Jesus on the cross with his arms stretched out, holding up his head, cannot be true. That is not what the word of God states. He hath no form. It would have taken his form to hold his head up and to be on the cross like all those pictures we have seen. That is a man's illustration of a man. But this man had no form. This man had every bone out of joint. This man had every bone dislocated. So what you saw on that cross was two arms nailed to a tree that had no form. The best way I could describe it was a bag of bones. He hath no form. Now, why? Why did he look so bad? Why was his appearance so grotesque that they didn't even want to look at him? Let's continue on down Isaiah 53 and look at verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
Why was Jesus' body so marred? Why was there no form? Why was every bone dislocated out of joint? Because he had your transgressions. He had my transgressions. He had our iniquities, our perversities on that body. And that is what sin does to a body. And he had all our sin. That's what that sin did to his body. Think about it. Meditate on that body. Look at it. Because that body had your sin on him. That's why we look at this hideous body. That's why we look at this body more marred more than any man. Because it was our sin on him. It was our iniquity on him. It was our sicknesses on him. It was our poverty on him. It was our perversities on him. Thank God that body looked like that. Thank God he bore our sins. Thank God that body bore our iniquities. Thank God. So what did it do for us? I'm going to finish with Galatians 1.4. It states, this is Paul speaking, who gave himself, Jesus, this is Jesus, who gave himself for our sins. He gave himself for our sins. He willingly took our sins, our iniquities, our perversities, our pains, our sickness, our poverty. Why? That he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. That he might deliver us, deliver us from our sin, deliver us from our sicknesses, our diseases, deliver us from our perversities, deliver us from our poverty according to the will of God and our Father. Amen. I have good news for you. Because Jesus died for you, because that body of His carried your sin, your sickness, your disease, your poverty, your perversities, your depravity, because His body bore that for you, because He died and went to hell for you, and because the Father raised Jesus from the dead For you, with you, because of all that, you are forgiven, you are healed, you are made rich, you are justified. John 6, 37 states, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Do you hear those words? Jesus says, And him that that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. No wise. Romans 10, 13 states, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Set at safety, made sound, rescued. Let's finish the program with Terry Brown ministering the song, That's What the Cross Is For. And the Hurley Brothers singing, Oh, my heart will rejoice. Is your mind confused and cluttered? Life has you back against the wall. Mercy's been there 
in the shadows Your heart won't let him in at all There's a cross of pain where Jesus bore the burden of your sin A place where dying deep inside Your life wells up again He wants to ease your pain Eternal life you'll gain He's standing by your door That's what the cross is for Oh my friend, I've been where you are Lost in that cold and lonely place Your mind is filled with such despair Pain is etched upon your face Listen, child, the answer Is the cross you'll find Jesus there, it's true Oh, I too was lost I've been set free He'll do the same for you He wants to ease your pain Eternal life you'll gain He's standing by your door That's what the cross is for Jesus Jesus Thank you Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, please your pain. Eternal life you'll gain. He's standing by your door. That's what the cross is for. Unto the Lord, for He is good to me. 
He's my fortress in the midst of my enemy. And by the Spirit of Christ that now lives in me, I can stand against the storm and calm the raging sea. Oh, my heart will rejoice. I will make a joyful noise. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. For whom the Son has set free is free indeed. This is the victory that overcomes the world. I give thanks unto the Lord for He is good to me. He's my fortress in the midst of my enemy. And by the Spirit of Christ that now lives in me, I can stand against the storm and calm the raging sea. And by the Spirit of Christ that now lives in me, I can stand against the storm. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the musicians from Water of Life Church. She'd love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at KathyDavidsonWOL.com. That's W-O-L for Water of Life. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwl.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.